So what keeps you coming back to making public art? Like, what's your favorite part of this whole process? I guess the, uh, the day I get the phone call that I got the job and when I get that final check, those are the two best. Uh, and then going back and seeing people's interaction with what I've done is really rewarding. Uh, and I love learning new things. Uh, if I don't know how to do something, I can find somebody that knows how to do it. Uh, I don't know why, I mean, what else would I do? If I didn't do this, uh, I don't know what I would do. I like the physicalness of being on the job site and installing, I, and I enjoy a construction site. It's exhausting, but it's rewarding seeing it come together. Uh, you know, just staying in the studio and fabricating the tiles was, you know, can people really pay me to do this? Can you believe that? I mean, Kate and I, one time we were working on something and we were, my God, we're getting paid to do this. This is almost insane that, you know, because it was, it's fun. That is Dixie Friend Gay, an artist living and working in Houston. She had grown up in western Oklahoma on a cattle ranch, made her way to New York to be an artist, and eventually settled in Houston. Her work focuses on the sacredness of nature, looking specifically at the wild southern native landscape. Her detailed lush paintings have led her to create large mosaic murals and sculptures in the public realm all over the United States. We have a video online that documents her most recent installation, Books of a Feather, which consists of three 15-foot-tall mosaic birds in front of the Alice M. Young Library in Houston. What follows is an extended version of our interview where she talks about how to balance being a mother and an artist, advice on how to get involved in public art, and how her first public intervention was taking political action against a series of gates that were being put up in Houston between affluent and minority neighborhoods. When I was little, my Barbie doll lived in New York in a high rise and she was an artist. The ranch was so isolated. During the summertime, I wouldn't see other kids. Uh, we were 30 miles out in the country and my idea of paradise was living where there was lots of people and lots of interaction. And I knew nothing about New York or, and I never had art until I got into college. I started college as a math science major and switched to art. I didn't move to New York to get my master's. I moved to New York to connect with the galleries and be part of that. Uh, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I put on running shoes and ran up and down and went to every single gallery and picked out the ones that I liked and then I approached them with sheets of slides and I started showing with Alan Stone. I got involved in some political things here in Houston. Uh, the mayor at the time was closing off public streets. As I was doing that, I thought, I, this is really an art form because I did maps, we had rallies, I did posters. I, you know, it was a lot of coordination with people and we were doing it citywide. We created this organization called CAPS, 
citizens access to public streets. And so we've worked all over the city to protest the closings. And we got the support of the ACLU and NAACP and LULAC and La Raza and all these different organizations wrote uh, letters of support to keep the streets opening because what they were doing is they were putting uh, gates between minority neighborhoods and the white, more affluent neighborhoods. We got the gates removed eventually, but I took that kind of energy that I had put into the politics, and I'd never been involved politically before, but I just thought, oh, this is stupid, putting a gate up in the middle of a neighborhood? You know, I can't go down to the park. I can't take my kids, drive them straight to school. It just didn't make sense. So I thought, oh, well, let's just get the information out there because they don't know what they're really doing. And it took us five years to get them all taken down. And we got um, HUD came out and investigated them. And um, eventually they ruled that it was discriminatory and they were forced to remove all of them. I did performance art in New York and so a lot of fighting these uh, street closings was, in a way, performance art. We staged uh, drumming groups coming in, and uh, at one point uh, we had an ambulance that was delayed to rescue someone. They couldn't get the gate open. And so we bought lots and lots of red ribbons, and we uh, marked the path all the way to the... Um, house that uh, the ambulance couldn't get to. And so there was an awful lot of visual work that I put into that. And I really enjoyed getting out of the studio, getting out of, away from painting and drawing and interacting with the people and making alliances where we had a common goal so that we may not be on the same page in any other area other than we were opposed to this gate. And I worked a lot with the, uh, the media and, um, you know, it was, it's kind of the same thing I do with public art uh, now. Uh, but I don't, it was like a crash course in how to interact with the public in a different way, how to approach, some, how to do something that would make sense. I have my studio attached to my house. Uh, before I built this studio, my studio was the living room. And I always took over the biggest room in the house for my studio. And it was good that when I had children, I had this studio because if I hadn't had it attached to my house, I don't think I'd ever seen the kids. Uh, but with it being here, uh, I could stop, go pick them up from school, bring them in, sit down with them for 30 minutes, come back and work. The easy part for me is being in the studio. The hard part is stopping and eating or going to the grocery store or that uh, I'm not disciplined in taking care of the day-to-day -day stuff. I get out of bed and I, you know, I come in here sometimes and work at, this morning I was awake at four and I said, well, why don't I just go ahead and get up? I can get some work done, then I can go to the gym, and then I've got appointments in the, during the daytime. And, uh, but I'm doing something I absolutely love to do. I'm, last night I worked until 
somebody came in and pried my hands off of the keyboard because, you know, it's time to go eat. I'm a little obsessive. And that's why mosaic is good for me, or those big detailed drawings that I did for a lot of years uh, that appeals to me, uh, where I can uh, go in and start on a project and it becomes almost automatic and I, I can disengage my mind from what I'm doing because it's, it's short-circuiting. Uh, my hands and my brain, one part of that works on the mosaic while the other part of it can listen to recorded books or podcasts or music. And uh, I couldn't carry on a conversation, but I can do those two things. And it's, uh, it's really, it's like a drug. It is. I mean, I, I've tried drugs and I've, I go, well, that kind of messes with my mind. Uh, kind of cool visual, that's fine. But I'm really addicted to just being in here and working and uh, pushing, trying new things. And it's easy to put in eight hours a day, not a problem. <laughs> and usually it's a lot more than that, but it's not like it's work. Early on, when the kids were young, um, I had studio time from the time I dropped them off to school until I had to go pick them up. So that was, I didn't do lunches, I didn't do anything, I didn't even really answer the phone. So that was precious time. Uh, after the kids went to bed, that was until about midnight was when I did the paperwork and did the, um, you know, got on registries, followed up on uh, things. Now the way the, um, the business is, uh, I don't have to do as much of that work. Uh, jobs come to me more. Sometimes I'll be called by a city or airport or something that says, we're doing an RFQ, we'd like for you to respond to it. And that usually gets me into the uh, short list. And then from there, it's, uh, you know, there's no guarantee I'm going to get it, but at least they want me in the running for that project. The last studio assistant, what she did is she would go through and look at things that look good for us and would print out, you know, the sheet, and she goes, what do you think? And she would do the... Uh, do the response, uh, get the digital images up to them. It's a lot easier now than it used to be since we, uh, you know, registered on cafe and different sites like that. So you just pull over what you want. Um, I think if you're just starting out in public art, look at projects that are in the thirty to fifty thousand dollar range, and you can learn how to invoice, which I didn't know how. And it, you know, even new projects. They have a certain way. They each one wants you to invoice a different way, um, and each one wants different documentation uh, that you've completed the work. Um, I think if you want to do public art, you got to play nicely with others. You got to figure out a way to get along with it, with people. They, I mean, it's a construction site. It's a construction project usually. So um, there's going to be problems that come up, and they're going to have problems with the roof, or they're going to have problems with the flooring or something. They don't need to have problems with the artist either, in addition to everything else. So I try to make it as easy as possible to work with me. 
the first large project I did was for Intercontinental Airport. And uh, the budget on that was a quarter million, which is almost unheard of for somebody that has never done a project to uh, get that. But I had built my house and my budget for my house was almost the same. And I came in under budget on my house. And so I knew I could handle the money. I wasn't worried about that. I had to convince somebody else that I could. I had been doing mosaics in my studio, so I understood the skill. I'd researched who would be the, uh, who could fabricate it. You know, I was lucky. They chose me. Yeah. <laughs> really lucky. And that wraps up the extended interview with Dixie Friend Gay. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to watch the video to see how her most recent mosaic installation came together. You can also find out more information about her work at DixieFriendGay.com. Thank you again for listening to this special glass tire interview. Go see some art and definitely check out the public art in your area.